Praise the Lord, saints. I'm Pastor Andre Matthews with my wife, Janet Matthews of Truth Ministries out of Bolingbrook, Illinois. To learn everything about us, go to our website at www.truthministries.info. We are here at WCKG 1530 AM and 102.3 FM out of Elmhurst, Illinois, every Sunday, live, 830 to 9. Join us. Until then, enjoy the show. Again, today. But anyway, today's lesson is dealing with Christianity is a seed. Praise God. Uh, again, thank you again for joining us today. I'm Pastor Andre Matthews of Truth Ministries out of Bolingbrook, Illinois. We are here live every Sunday morning, 8.30 to 9 at WCKG 1530 AM and 102.3 FM. Thank God you could join us today. We had a little technical difficulties, but we are here now. Let's open up with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you humbly say thank you, Lord. We pray thee, Father, as we decrease, that you increase. Teach us your word this day in the name of Jesus Christ. Open up the eyes and ears and hearts of your people to receive your truth. This day in the name of Jesus Christ. And we won't fail to give you all the praises for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's lesson is dealing with Christianity is a seed. A soul went out to sow the seed. Some seed fell by the wayside. Some seed fell among thorns. But other seed fell upon good ground and brought forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So the Bible talks about there are two seeds being planted in the hearts of God's people. Two seeds, Peter said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God. Tired of the lesson is Christianity is a seed. So the day of Pentecost, a seed was planted on Acts chapter 2. And the seed grew up into the apostles' doctrine. That's Acts chapter 2. But in Matthew 16 and 6, Jesus warned the disciples. Matthew 16, 6 and 12. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Matthew 16 and 12 then understood the disciples. Jesus was warning them, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. When we go to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, that Paul wrote a letter to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And Jesus was telling them that the churches need to repent. And it was talking about they had digressed into another doctrine, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. We've learned through scripture that Nicholas was a proselyte, a Jew, who had converted from Judaism to Christianity. So let's go right into the book. Acts 11, 26, 25. Then departed Barnabas Tarsus uh, for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So Christianity began at Antioch. They were first called Christians at Antioch, 
But the church was birthed in Acts chapter 2. But then in Acts chapter 11, Christianity came into focus into the church. Okay, so let's look at the second time Christianity is spoken again. Acts 26, 27. King Agrippa, believeth thou the prophets? I know that thou believeth. This is Paul that has been arrested because he's fallen into this Christian faith. He's fallen into it when the Spirit of God told him not to go back to the Pentecostal revival. He went anyway. And after his disobedience of the Spirit, it caused him to fall into that. Devil, loose me, let me go in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord God Almighty, for you having the right of way. So this is the second time Christianity is made about, uh, spoken of. King Agrippa, believeth thou the prophets, I know that thou believeth. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be Christian. So therefore, what did Paul say about King Agrippa was going to become Christian? So therefore, when King Agrippa told Paul that he was about to become Christian, so therefore, what did Paul say? Okay, 29. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that bear, that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. So therefore, Paul never accepted that title of Christianity. Neither did the Bible that was written by holy men of God moved by the Holy Ghost. Neither did the Holy Ghost accept that title of Christian, because they continue to call them disciples. Now let's look at Peter at First uh, Peter and 4.16. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. So therefore, Christianity came into the church. It is another gospel that came besides the original gospel of Christ. So the title of the lesson is Christianity is a seed. So now Peter is acknowledging Christianity has come into the church, and he seems to be accepting it. He's accepting this title, this new gospel, and he said, Yet as any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. So definitely Christianity came into the church of Jesus Christ. But it was added later after the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, which was the apostles' doctrine, was formed in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 11, another gospel entered into the church of Jesus Christ. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be to them that obey not the gospel of God? So the key ingredient, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? So it's showing us that there are three categories in the church of Jesus Christ. The righteous, the ungodly, and the sinner. So therefore, 
if we're not in the gospel of God, which is the original gospel of Jesus Christ handed down to the apostles to give to us, he's saying that we're not, he said, if them that obey not, what shall the end to be to them that obey not the gospel of God? So what's the difference between the gospel of Christ and another gospel? You have to go to Acts chapter 2, the original gospel of Jesus Christ. And to preach means to proclaim, to make a proclamation. So therefore, what did Peter said in his proclamation on the day of Pentecost? In Acts chapter 2, 22, he says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man, approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. So therefore, one gospel, the foundation of another gospel, is that Jesus was God. So therefore, the gospel of Christ, who was to Peter, said, Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus announced a man, approved of God by signs and miracles which God did by him. So the foundation of both gospels are founded on who was Jesus. One gospel said Jesus was God. Another gospel says Jesus was a man. So now you have to discern and learn where you're at. So that's why Peter says, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Desire, sincere, is defined as uncontaminated. It's not contaminated with something else. And then Jude says, contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Let's look at that. Let's look at what Jude says. And he's given us a warning about what's going on. Jude is a short book, but it's very important. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Notice in the beginning of the Bibles before that these letters, they always sanctify who they're talking to. So the Bible is not written to everybody. The Bible is not written to sinners. The Bible is written to the church. Jude 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend. Contend means to strive. Strive for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. So therefore, now Jude is alluding to something is wrong in the church. Jude 4, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. So therefore, the foundation of the true gospel is a seed. Title of the lesson, Christianity is a seed. But then the Bible is alluding to that there are two seeds. So there are two gospels. 
One is the gospel of Christ. The other one is a gospel made by man. Which one are you in? Okay, so what's the goal of salvation? The goal of salvation truly is to come out of religion into a relationship into an understanding with the right voice. There are three voices talking to us every day. One of Christ, one of Satan, and it's your voice. All three sound like yours. So the goal is to begin a relationship by talking to God. You don't have to do the holding hands and putting your hands together to pray. Prayer is talking to God. And I'm reminded as a child, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, just on the other side of the viaduct of Bridgeport. And there was this park named Sherman Park. I'm six, seven, eight, nine years old. And I knew because of my skin color, I was not allowed on the other side of this park. There was an invisible line down the center of this park. Now, on my side of the park, which is the colored side, it was just a library. No swing sets, nothing. It was like the fish were more freer than the people because I was not allowed on that other side. And I knew it. We had some guys that went on that other side and they got beat up and got their bites stolen. So I come to learn years later what was on the other side of the park. On the other side of the park, which was the, the Caucasian side, they had an outdoor basketball court with like seven, eight rims. They had an outdoor tennis court. They had an Olympic-sized swimming pool. They had an indoor field house with an indoor a basketball court. And then another indoor field house, a giant Catholic church with a giant supermarket on the other side of this park. But on my side, there was no supermarket. There was just land and homes and a library. And I asked God a question. I said, God, if the Caucasian people are, are calling and on the name of Jesus and black people are calling on the name of Jesus, we both serve in the same Jesus, but why is there discrepancies in the way we live? Why is one race living better than the other race? And this set out a desire. Now notice the enemy used the desire to get Eve to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Peter said, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now the, Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. So therefore the Bible is telling you to seek, desire, strive. Strive for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. So with my eyes, I'm seeing a discrepancy between two races of people, but we both supposed to be serving the same Jesus. So this produced a desire that an outside influence, a spiritual connection, began to make contact with me. For example, I was driving out in Harvard, Illinois, and a spirit had me, not with a voice, but just pull over and look around. So I pulled over and looked around, and my eyes focused on children that were playing out in the yard. 
And the focus on the children, they were running around laughing, playing. I mean, just playing innocent, childish games. And I seen the peace, the joy, the love in the kids up in Harvard, Illinois. Of course, these were Hispanic and Caucasian kids, no black kids. So then the spirit had me a couple days down the road stop and look around. And here I am parked in front of a black school. And the kids are running around, but the play was different. It was more like guns, shooting guns, and aggressive, and grabbing, and, and fighting, and rustling, and tussling. So then I'm looking at the discrepancies of the two races. Like, what's going on, God? And both races are serving the same Jesus Christ. So therefore, this sets off an entire life of striving for truth. And my conclusion was, we're not in truth on this earth today. Anytime that we can have all this murder and these predatory rapes of children and the, the, the starving of children and all these catastrophes, but then after the catastrophes happen, then there's justice, then there's arrest, and then there's executions after the act was done. Now, with my experiences with God, I've seen God stop the acts in action. I was in a ministry of a transitional housing unit of ex-offenders. I lived in the building with all kind of murderers, drug dealers, gang bosses. And I lived in a building where nobody could have their doors locked on their apartment. We had 31 units. And I seen how the Spirit of God taught these men to leave your flags at the gate. So when they came through the gate into the House of Mercy, they put their flags aside, their gang affiliations, all their murders and stuff, leave that at the gate before you come in here. I saw the Spirit of God stop a murderous hit on our ground. We I saw God stop two ODs, of course, being ex-cons or ex-offenders. Uh, ex some of them still had their drug addictions. Here it is, 3 in the morning, and the woman of God called the building and said, Pastor Andre, something's wrong in the building. Now, there's 31 units in this building. I'm talking about the power of God, saints. I'm talking, I've, I'm seeing the power of God manifested and stopping the work of the devil before it could climax. But in this world today, the devil's work is climaxing and then there's repercussions afterwards. But I see with my own eyes where there's the woman of God said something was wrong. Get up and check every room. And we got up because, remember, the the ex-offenders cannot have their doors locked because their PO officers can come in at any time. So we went into every room, 31 rooms, went back and called the elder. There's nothing wrong. Everybody sleep. No, the elder said, no, check again. Something's wrong. And saints, as we got to the 31st room, there was a young man convulsing in an OD. The phone was coming out of his mouth and 
he was having an OD. He was overdosing on heroin. Paramedics was called. Paramedics came and stopped that OD. This happened twice. I could go on with miracles of miracles of hardened criminals. We saw over 600 men and less than 10% went back to the penitentiary. We had the greatest audit done by the state that they had ever seen. All our I's were dotted and T's were crossed, but yet the per persecution came like retarded to shut us down. Persecution of the enemy came through the fire marshals, from detectives, from uh, housing department, just incredible persecution to shut us down. And through it all, I myself fell out with the elder over a situation, and I aborted my assignment and quit the ministry. And saints, I will give you a voice, uh, a little advice. When God ordain you, anoint you, and send you, and appoint you an assignment, do not abort it. Here it is 10 years later, I'm still suffering from being disobedient to the will of God because I left the ministry. So that is one valuable lesson that I learned in ministry. When the Spirit start a work in you, he that begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. You cannot abort your assignment. At all costs, do not abort your assignment. There are grave, grave consequences. God had blessed me with a half a million dollar business. I was ministering a pastor in a transition housing unit, and I had two businesses, a heating and cooling business and a trucking business. And it took me two years to learn that I had left God two years ago. I didn't find out that I was out of God's will to two years later when I couldn't pay my bills. And there was an awakening. I come to myself and said, wait a minute, Lord. Now, even when I was on drugs, when I was on drugs, Lord, you paid my bill, but now I'm serving you, and I can't pay my bills, and the Spirit spoke. You left me two years ago. Now, here I am, hundreds of $100,000 in debt. Uh, I had a choice to make. Either you're going to go in the way of Cain and walk out of the presence of God into the arms of the enemy to prosper by leaning to my own understanding, or am I going to give it all up? Say, okay, Lord, I lose. I have a choice. God gives you a choice. The enemy tries to make you do things. God gives you a choice. Obey, disobey. Believe or don't believe. That's your choice. And I chose, with a little help from the Lord, I choose to lose everything. Saints, I lost my plate. My, I was buying a, going to buy a condo in a building. And one day I got a knock on the door. After I said, Lord, I give it all up to get back in your favor to get back in that site. One day police knocked on my door, said the whole building's condemned. So I had to move out. You had 24 hours to vacate the premises. Just like that, things start to fall. Things start to crumble. I'm talking about manifestation of the spirit of God in your life that brings about a relationship that leads to an understanding. God knows how to get your attention and keep your attention that he will teach you hands-on experience, what not to do and what to do, 
And that brings about an understanding. So that's the goal of the gospel of Christ, that you get in tune with the voice of Christ from the voice of the enemy to your voice and begin to develop a relationship that leads to an understanding by trial and error, doing right and wrong, where you get an understanding, Lord, I know not to never do that again. So praise God, the title of the lesson was Christianity is a Seed. I thank God for you joining us today. Welcome my LinkedIn.com friends. There are two seeds, people. There are two gospels. There are two doctrines because there are two kingdoms. The kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of God. And there's a twin. You have a twin called the old man and the new man. There are two of everything, saints. You have to learn the difference between the spirit of error and the spirit of truth. That's part of one of the key ingredients of salvation. That's why I said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. These things of the kingdom of God shall be added unto you. Visit our website, www.truthministries.info, or Google us at Truth Ministries out of Bolingbrook, Illinois. All our shows are recorded to soundcloud.com. On our website at www.truthministries.info, all our shows on the third page is recorded to soundcloud.com. We have an awesome Bible study every Saturday, 4.30 p.m. at livestream.com. Search Truth Ministries. Join us every Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Join us every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Praise God for Truth Ministries. I'm Pastor Andre Matthews of Truth Ministries. My wife is under the weather today, so I'm flying solo. And you at Facebook.com, welcome. And I thank God for you joining us today. Okay, and also our television ministry as of November 6th, we are off the air at uh, Cable Channel 36 in Chicago. We've been booted off for whatever the reason. We believe God that it's all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, called according to his purpose. And our radio ministry here, our contract is up next month, and we still haven't heard from the Lord, yay or nay. So whatever God's will is, saints, you be led by the Spirit of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Be aware, saints, walk that straight and narrow path because broad is the gate, wide is the way that leads to the destruction. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life. Few that be that find it, but broad is the gate. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. Until next time, be blessed.